Now more than ever, it's important to show support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League know that local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere are overcoming challenges in these new times thanks to teammates like you and Visa. Because when everyone pitches in, everyone benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignites growth and supports all of us and our communities. Because they know where you shop matters, Visa urges you to support local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. And remember, tap to pay with a contactless Visa wherever you see the contactless symbol to help support your community. Visa, official partner of the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Get the popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill-tempered. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Week two of the NFL season. Adam Johns. It's worth remembering and reminding everyone the Bears are 1-0. Hold on, Adam. I'm kind of cleaning up my uh, Twitter page right now. Just give me a second. If you don't mind. Instagram's next. You leaving us? No, just cleaning it up. Okay. I'll let you decide. Okay. So you're saying I shouldn't freak out? Yeah, maybe. Usually this isn't a good thing, Johns. Um, it's all open to interpretation, Adam. Yeah. Well, uh, let's. I, I just before we get to the negative, I I do think that uh, this calls for somewhat of a celebration for our Bears listeners. Uh, this is the first time in the history of the Hogan Johns podcast that the Bears are one and zero. Feels uh, weird. <laughs> it, I mean, it's <laughs> usually we're talking about some type of you know serious, disheartening Packers loss, but a win in Detroit does feel a little bit better. I think for everybody who's listening. Yes, I would. I would hope so. Even if it came on a gift and a drop, it's all right. Um, we got a heck of a podcast coming up, though. And uh, there's the Allen Robinson social media saga that we need to discuss. Because actually, I think this is quite serious, to be honest. I, I, think, I think it's actually a really big story that we need to talk about. We will do that. Dan Pompey, the great Hall of Famer, will join us here on the podcast. And uh, we're going to have regular Tuesday conversations with our guy, the fish man, the fish dad, Kevin Fishbane, Tuesdays. With the fish man. So uh, that'll be coming up here on the podcast too. But you know what? It's been a long time. We've been waiting for this. There was a game. We have a new voicemail number. And our great listeners delivered as they always did. So for the first time in 2020, let's get to our Hogan Johns voicemails. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? 
your ass better call somebody. The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Foggy Cat, John Zipin, the artist formerly known as Jackie Jump Jump. Whoever is there in the booth now can or can't, I believe your name is. We'll get around to it. Anyway, boys, Bob Dabrowski here calling in to officially kick off the 2020 Bears Super Bowl campaign. Here we go. I mean, just listen. Listen to this crowd roar. Yeah, you can hear that excitement. You can passively feel it running through the veins, boys. That's because the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm watching Court Darrell Patterson about to get a kickoff, probably for a touchdown. All right, boys, you know, these, these Bears, these Lions, they don't stand a chance against the Bears. Trubisky has owned them throughout the last two years. He's better at killing Lions than an American dentist on a safari in Africa. We got the Khalil Mack, they call him Ghost, because he's going to run through the Lions offensive line like a ghost through a wall. And kids, I just can't wait. I can't wait. I'm excited. Let's go Bears. Bear down. This is Ryan from Northwest Indiana. Just want to let you guys know that I'm riding with Mitch till the wheels fall off. You know, might as well be optimistic about this guy and just embrace it. No need for that negativity. I hope I don't call back pissed off later. Hey guys, Chris from the South Tech. Man, it's the same old shit. Mitch, only 40% completion. No third down conversions. Six points on the board. Things better change in the second half. All right, go Bears. Ah! That is how it feels to watch this game right now with Mitch as the quarterback. He should have been pulled in the, at halftime in his bananas. Ah! Look, Trubisky hasn't changed. He's the same player he's always been. We need to just end this and get somebody in there that can give us a chance to win the game. Hello, this is Bears fan Igor Tcharkovsky calling from frozen wilderness of Siberia. I am watching game and I'm very disappointed. Bears down 23 to 6 in fourth quarter? Ugh, this is highly embarrassing. And then, as if to add injury to insult, it appears my television set cut out right as fourth quarter starts. I am sure nothing too exciting or interesting happens in that fourth quarter, for there is no way Mitchell Trubisky could engineer a perfect, flawless 21-point comeback to defeat the Lions on the road in the game opener. Heck, there is no way that could possibly happen. Right? Mitchell Trubisky, baby! Hi, screaming fan here. I mean, Mitch is clutch in the last two minutes. It makes no sense whatsoever, but... End of the game, Mitch, take every day. The other 58 minutes, never. Chris from the south side again. Boy, things did change in that second half. Mitchy fourth quarter showed up. A couple touchdown passes. They just take years off my life. I'm just counting the years off, man. I can't do this every week. All right, extend Mitch. Mitch is better than Patrick Mahomes. And go Bears. Start Foles. The first three quarters. Put Mitch in the fourth 6-0 Super Bowl. Guaranteed. Everyone, let's take a deep breath in, deep breath out. It feels good to win our first opener since 2013. Bear down. Look, does Mitch look good? No. 
The defense looked tired. Yes. But at the end of the day, someday, the earth will be swallowed by the sun. Bears down, Chicago's Bears. Boys, it's Bob Dabrowski calling in here from Detroit, USA. And I just witnessed a totally normal Bears W there. Uh, and what can I say? We got Mitch Trubisky back there, and he's firing dimes like he's made of the treasury. And we got Khalil Mack. He's getting hold. Every single play, he looks like uh, Matt Damon is goodwill hunting when Robin Williams tells him it's not his fault. It's ridiculous, but the Bears pulled off a W, and that's all we can ask for. It was a big day. Football's back. 2020 Bears Super Bowl. Heard it here first. Let's go. There it is. The voicemails. All the familiar faces. Well, faces? Voices? Bob Dabrowski. Igor. A lot of British accents. Yeah. We're well, we're we're big in the UK. We know yes, that. Yes, we know that. Yeah. Had a few pints out there. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for calling. And we we left it a little bit longer than normal because it's been so long and a great job by our producer Kent Garrison, uh, who's handling the voicemails for us this season. Uh and yeah, what a wild ride it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I expected actually a little bit more angst. Early on in the game, especially being down 23-6. But, you know, I wouldn't want to be on the phone leaving messages. You know, that's like, you know, drunk texts sent in the middle of the night. You know, you don't want to leave messages <laughs> in the middle of a game. At least not all the time. No. All right, well, a lot to get to uh, and some news, too. Some somewhat big news today with Alan Robinson that we need to discuss. Uh, but now we bring in senior writer at The Athletic. You know him. Dan Pompey. Good to have you back on the podcast, Dan. Good to have an NFL season, right? Because I think we were uh, we, there were some doubts there for a long time. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to watch football again and uh, to have uh, games. I mean, uh, they're not normal, and you know, things are certainly different from what they've ever been. Probably what they ever are going to be again. But uh, it's just good to, to be able to watch games and, and have. Uh, have the game that we love out there every Sunday, Thursday, and Monday. What were you thinking, Dan, as you watched the Bears game? You've covered this team for a long time, and our friend Kevin Fishbane, who we're going to talk to later in this podcast, had a tweet like, this was their second 17-point comeback since, like, 1940 or something like that. I mean, so you've watched this this team fall behind and not come back. I'm just curious as you saw it play out, like, what's going through your mind? Yeah, I mean, certainly – I thought the Bears were out of it. They were playing so poorly uh, for such a long period in, in the game and seemed to really not be able to do anything the right way. And then, uh, you know, through a series of, of different events, some uh, the Bears doing things the right way all of a sudden, some the Lions giving things away, and some a little luck. Uh, they got back in the game and ended up winning it. Uh, certainly was an unlikely outcome. Um, I don't know how much it reflected who the Bears are going to be moving forward. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I think, uh, you know, there were some really good signs in the game that they were a little different from what they've been last year in terms of what they were trying to to do offensively, how they were uh, scheming and attacking. Um, I think that the capabilities of their receivers really stood out to me as something that was different, something something, uh, that was better than last year. Um, and I think there were some definite concerns defensively about 
what this team is right now and what we thought they were going to be because the two of them did not seem to be on, uh, the same, you know, our expectations and the realities. Uh, so um, it's going to be interesting to see them uh, continue to, to plow ahead in these next few games and see exactly where they're at. Yeah, Dan, let's talk about the defense for a second because that's something I was focused on too. Is it, it's really weird how yeah, it's just one game. You don't want to overreact. But I almost feel like by the end of that game, Matt Nagy's offense might actually be trending up and the Bears' defense might actually be trending down, which is really a weird thing to say. But I do think that there's sort of this fragile balance right now going on in that defense with a couple of guys who are all of a sudden over 30, and you always got to be worried about their play declining at that point. But you do have a couple young guys, certainly Jalen Johnson, and I think everybody's hoping that Roquan Smith takes a leap. I mean, that's how you sort of balance out a defense getting older. I don't know what to make of it, though, after one game, but they certainly did not play well enough on Sunday. No, I mean, it's one game, so you don't want to overreact uh, positively or negatively to what we saw on Sunday. But I think, uh, you know, it looked like they missed Eddie Goldman a little bit because I think they were pretty soft in the middle. And, uh, you know, Lions were able to gash him pretty good on the run, and that set up some other opportunities for them. They were able to attack, I think, when they – uh, gotten some better down and distance situations in, in the in the later downs. So, um, you know that was that was a big issue. Uh, the lack of big plays was, was an issue. Certainly, the lack of pressure on Matthew Stafford. Uh, they came away with one interception at the end. They had only one sack. Uh, so, you know those things are not what the Bears need or expect from their defense. You know this is a team that's built around that that defense, heavily invested in that defense. They've got players who are supposed to be great on that defense, and they didn't play great on Sunday. I think one of the most interesting parts of that is the the Bears actually had an offense, at least for, for this week, that was complimenting them in, in a sense. In, in your, your weekly post-game Pompeii column, um, if you haven't read it yet and you're listening, be sure to check it out, but you mentioned the play calling, and I think we've, we've been on this a lot about the, the run game and getting it going. So the Bears finally get their run game going, and now their defense isn't complementing the, the offense too, too well in a sense. So things kind of flipped there. But what did you see from the run game? I mean, the, for, for a lot of us, it was an about-time moment or an about-time feel to it. But what did you see from David Montgomery in the offensive line? Well, I think, first of all, there was a commitment to run the ball by Matt Nagy. You know, I think he was, he was calling run plays, especially in the first half when – before the game got into a kind of a frantic, uh, you know, catch-up or, or two-minute situation towards the end. And then, you know, even the formations they were using, they were, they were doing things with personnel and formations that I think were a little different from what they did for the most part in previous years. So, you know, I, I think all of that was encouraging to those of us who like to see the run game. Um, but like you say, you know, you have to have the complete – game and, and you know part of the thinking with getting a better run game is you would be keeping the defense fresh and keeping the ball out of the hands of the opposing offense in this case Matthew Stafford and uh, you know it, it didn't quite work that way because not all the pieces were clicking but uh, you know if, if they continue with this and they the philosophy doesn't just fade away in time I think it could again it could bode, bode well for this team in terms of where they're going the rest of the season. Dan, how maddening is this quarterback 
you have you've covered them all. It's like an endless circle here in Chicago, polarizing quarterbacks. But you have three quarters, and it's like, oh, that's why they didn't pick up the fifth year option on Mitch Trubisky. That's why they brought Nick Foles in to compete with them. And then at the end, it's oh, that's why they drafted this guy second overall four years ago. I mean, it's. It, I don't know if he's ever going to figure it all out, but he sure is maddening. You know, I think the game was kind of Trubisky in a microcosm, right? I mean, he showed you all the things that he can't do or he doesn't do consistently and, uh, you know, put his team in a, in a big hole or helped to put his team in a big hole. And then he helped to get his team back in the game and helped his team win the game with, you know, some great kind of instinctive plays and some some throws that were very – unlikely I think for for anyone to make so uh but you know that's that's been who he is and that's probably who he's going to be from now on so I think uh you know you have to have those expectations with Trubisky that you're going to get inconsistencies you're going to get inaccuracies and then every so often you're going to get great plays and uh you know can you live with that is the question or are you better off at some point trying off uh trying to go with with Nick Foles and you know, I'm going to be really surprised if at some point during the season we don't see Nick Foles. Dan, quickly before we get to um, uh, the Allen Robinson conversation, uh, I wanted to ask you about two of the newcomers on the Bears who who actually played quite well in their debuts, rookie cornerback Jalen Johnson and Jimmy Graham. Any big takeaways from them, especially the rookie, you know, playing on the road without having a preseason? He seemed to acclimate himself rather quickly. He did. You know, I thought uh, he really looks like a player. I mean, obviously he didn't get a ton of chances. I think there were something like uh, six balls thrown at him, uh, but he had some chances to tackle too. Obviously one of them that wasn't the best tackle in the world, but um, you know, I think he, he showed some things. I think, uh, uh, you know, he's going to have some ups and downs. I mean, he's a rookie player who didn't have an off season, didn't have a preseason, had a different kind of training camp. Uh, so, you know, and, and, coming off an injury besides all that he's thrown into the starting lineup perfect world you'd be able to work him in slowly a little bit get get him a few reps here and there and let him work his way up to being a starter but I think uh, the kid clearly has ability and I think uh, it's probably going to continue to show over time and you know the other on the subject of rookies too I thought that Darnell Mooney really showed some things to it again it'll be interesting to see the consistency with him you know, he's a small guy, and uh, sometimes those guys don't always maintain uh, what they do early in seasons, especially rookies, as they go on. But um, certainly he, he brings something to the offense that they haven't had. Uh, in terms of Graham, you know, uh, they threw a lot of balls to him but didn't get a lot out of him. They got the touchdown, obviously. But, um, you know, if they're going to go to him as much as they did, I think they're going to want more out of him. They're going to want more in the red zone out of him and pull that. Uh, because that's that's why those guys are here, really, to help you get get it in the end zone. And, uh, you know, obviously that worked a little better in the second half than the first half. All right. Allen Robinson, interesting situation here. If for some reason our listeners have missed this at this point, he deleted all of our – all of his uh, – anything that mentioned the Bears on social media. Hey, pictures of him – in a Bears uniform, anything like that, the mention of the Chicago Bears. We've seen this before. It happened with Jordan Howard a couple years ago, uh, and Jordan Howard ended up moving on uh, in a trade. 
I'll still be surprised if that's the road that this is going headed down with Allen Robinson. Um, but Dan, I did find it interesting. Our listeners should know too that there's this new real time feature uh, on the Athletic app. If you're listening to the podcast on the app, you can get it. You can see this right now. It's on the bottom of of the app. You'll see it says real time. You'll get a bunch of little blurbs that pop up uh, as news comes in. And Dan, you had one today that I thought was very interesting. On the discussion of Allen Robinson deleting any mentions of the Bears on his social media accounts, but this is what what struck me. You wrote, "Is it possible the Bears are considering not extending his contract or hardballing him on price? If Anthony Miller plays the next fifteen games like he played the first, he can be a number one wide receiver and a cheaper one. Finding a good number two isn't hard." Care to explain? I'm a little surprised. Allen Robinson is so good, and I would say clearly better and more consistent than what Anthony Miller has shown so far as a bear, although Miller obviously is talented if he can realize it. Oh, no question. Robinson's a great player. I mean, uh, and Miller's you know developing, but Miller showed some things the other day, as I said, that if he can do that consistently, you know, why can't he be a number one wide receiver? I mean, you know, he, uh, he certainly – showed that ability, like I said, against the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, and I don't know anything here, but if I'm reading tea leaves, what it looks like to me is that, you know, the the Bears made Robinson some offers and, offer, and he didn't like the, the offers. And they can't, at this point, come to agreement on a contract. So, um, you know, maybe this plays into the Bears' hands, is my point. Maybe they say, okay, well, let's see what the other guy can do. And and if he continues to develop and become everything that they think he can, and I know they have very, very high expectations for Anthony Miller, you know, maybe he can be their number one wide receiver. You know, this is a business. And maybe they feel like they can appropriate that money that would go to Allen Robinson otherwise someplace else in some other area of the team that they feel is a greater need because Miller would be a cheaper option as a number one wide receiver than Robinson with a new contract for sure, you know, they might be looking next year at having to go out and, and sign a free agent quarterback, pay him all kinds of money, you know, and we all know they're, they're going to be, uh, you know, in a little bit of a cap crunch, even if that doesn't happen uh, because of all the money that they've got due to Khalil Mack and some of the other high paid players on the team. So I'm not suggesting they should do that. I'm just wondering if it's something that might happen. And I, I certainly, uh, wouldn't doubt that if it's it's something that has not been discussed in Alice Hall. I'm curious, Dan. You know, for for my last question here, what what you think of the the tactic of cleaning the the, the uh, not the Facebook page but the Instagram page um, of, of all Bears mentions? You, you've covered this team since 1985, and you've you've covered some interesting uh, bargaining. Whether it's Mike Dick got then and Richard Dent. Uh, have a contract dispute. I, I, I remember Lance Briggs having a, a dispute. Like just in terms of the tactic here, based on what you've seen before. Like, wh- where does this rank? Where does this fit in? How, how would you describe it? Well, you know, I, I think uh, it's a little passive aggressive because everything that that uh, Robinson has said publicly is, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it, and I'm kind of uh, uh, understanding of what they're doing, and I'm not upset about it, but. You know, if he's doing, if he's taking these things off his social media page, maybe he is upset about it. And I guess that's understandable because, you know, 
he's given a lot to the Bears. He's produced in a tough situation, you know, with a quarterback or quarterbacks who have struggled to bring out the best in him. He came back from the knee injury. So uh, you certainly can understand his standpoint. And uh, I think, um, you know, uh, uh, he's, he's trying to make it known in a, in a subtle way that, that he's, he's deserving of more than what the Bears are offering him. Dan, great stuff. Always love having you on the podcast. Uh, enjoy reading your thoughts after every game as well. Fans can get that all season long on The Athletic. Dan Pompey, thanks for jumping on with us. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, guys. Well, Johns, during this time of social distancing, celebrating a crazy Bears win like they had on Sunday with friends over a beer, it probably looked a little bit different. But as the original light beer, Miller Light has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. I think it's a great time of year, Adam, to have uh, the backyard parties before it gets too cold in Chicago. You could stay socially distanced. You could serve some ice cold Miller Lights, get out there while the, the weather is still good. So what do you call a group of friends wearing orange blue costumes? We get together week after week, no matter how cold it gets, who hug and toast with Miller Light after every great play and in between endless courses of the Bears. You call it Miller time in Chicago. Yeah, no matter where you're at watching the game, it's always Miller time in Chicago. Pick up Miller Lite for your game day needs. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Well, Johns, this situation with Allen Robinson is clearly, I think it's fair to say it's an issue. It has become an issue because I think, like we have said this entire summer, you look at the track record of what Ryan Pace has done over the last few years, it's a good thing. It sets the stage. It, it tells people, uh, other players, that, hey, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you when your time comes, if you do all the right things. And one-by-one one contract, every single year over the last like four or five years, they've taken care of somebody. And that's why we all thought Al Robinson would have an extension done before the Bears played the Lions on Sunday. That was not the case. It didn't happen. And so when you're Allen Robinson and you see all these other guys get those extensions, he's probably thinking the same exact thing. And that's why you know you hear what Dan just said in how Robinson's handled this publicly, you know, I think some of his social media activities indicated that he's, you know, anxious to get a contract. I'm talking about before today, but I think when he was talking to us, he, for the most part was probably assuming that it was going to happen. I think Dan's also right. Clearly some offers have been made. They weren't what he wanted. And now he's actually upset and, now we're seeing tactics like this with the social media thing. I think what's more telling is all the other Bears players that have been tweeting things very publicly saying extend this guy. And well, let's start there, and then we can talk about if the Bears are handling this well or not. Well, well, personally, I, I find the timing unique because you just had this near-miraculous week one win. Again, your first one since, what, 2013, where... Your offense scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to to beat a divisional rival on the road uh, in, in in at the start of a unique season in the middle of a pandemic. So, like the the timing to me, I could see why like some fans 
maybe some media members uh, don't like it, but you're right in saying that this is like I, Dan's right in saying that this is different than previous seasons. Like the Bears were trending differently when those other negotiations were taking place. Like they felt good about themselves. They felt good about where they were going with Mitch Trubisky. This is different. You still have this quarterback conundrum to answer. Like you have to spend money on that position after this season. That's a big question, a big if, a big a lot of things. It has to play out this year, and it's it's coming at the expense fair or unfair, at the expense of Allen Robinson here. Like, that quarterback conundrum is hanging over this. Now, I don't know what he wants. He could be want, he could want to, to be paid, you know, as the number one wide receiver in the league. I don't know if he can safely get that, but um, it is I, – I do believe it's different than past negotiations that were done before the year. Well, this thing's so layered – but I couldn't help but think, you know, Sunday morning when that report comes out that the Bears actually did offer Tom Brady a contract, one of my first reactions was, how the hell were they going to pay him? You know, they, they, it's part of the reason why we didn't take that idea too seriously was just the amount of money it was going to take and the amount of sacrifices that would have had to have been made elsewhere on the roster to even make that contract feasible. But you bring up a good point in that they got to set some money aside here for potential having having to sign a quarterback this coming offseason, uh, potentially, or paying Mitch Trubisky even, potentially, if that's a thing, or using the franchise tag on Trubisky. I don't know. I, I would I kind of view this like almost like a uh, when you're trying to line up your rotation in baseball for a playoff series, and, and you might take a chance on a you know, on a game you haven't won yet to make sure your starter lines up two days later. And my philosophy with that is, hey, you got to win the game that's in front of you first. And to me, Allen Robinson, does he deserve to be the number one paid wide receiver in football? Probably not. Uh, does he do everything that his organ- organization asks him to do? And is he the number one wide receiver on the Chicago Bears? Absolutely. And I think that you got to take care of them. I, I, I just think you do. It, or that starts sending the wrong message to other guys in that locker room. And, I, and there's a ton of extenuating circumstances here. COVID's one of them. How the hell the salary cap's going to look, you know, in six months is another one of them. But, and you can always franchise tag him. But then that doesn't allow you to tag a quarter, you know, the quarterback if you need to. And I, who knows if that's going to be the case or not. But, I'm surprised we're in this situation. I 100% agree that he, like he deserves this extension. He is like the the role model for this culture that that, that the Bears always talk about, right? Like mm-hmm. they they value what they've built so much. This this culture, in terms of the the players they have, the coach they have, and Matt Nagy, the team that Ryan Pace has built. Allen Robinson embodies all the things that the Bears say about that culture. Good teammate, good player, good a lot of things. So he he deserves that extension. Deserves to be paid as I'll say this as a top five guy. Right now, I, I looked at the numbers. He's he's number fifteen in annual average. So he deserves to take a considerable jump up there. His play has warranted that type of, of payment. He, he's he's that good, at least in my opinion. But again, it's the it's the extenuating circumstances of of this season. You look at the Bears' books, 
for 2021, they got to do something. They, they got to figure it out. Like, do, do you cut Bobby Massey? You can't cut him right now. You kind of need that right tackle. Like, you need to figure out your finances. And there, there's more to do for Joey Lane, for Ryan Pace, than signing Allen Robinson. Um, yeah, that should be a priority. But figuring out your books beyond this year involves more than signing Allen Robinson. Well, and that's hard to do when – they're used to the cap jumping up $10 million every year, and it might drop uh, instead, probably will drop instead. So uh, it's complicated. And also, I think the history here, let's not I, – I wonder if – I don't know this. This is my guess, okay? I think this kind of came to a head getting close to this game on Sunday because – and maybe there's there were some bluffs called. Because if you're the Bears, I can also see why. What happened the last time Allen Robinson went into a contract here? He tore his ACL in week one, right? And that's something Allen has to be thinking about. And I wonder if the Bears just said, all right, I mean, this is the offer. You sign it or you don't, and then you play. And that's where I think that the timing that you started this conversation with that's where the timing comes in. Because I, I, I think that they both sides probably thought it was going to get done before that game Sunday. It didn't. Okay, well, you got to go out and win a football game first. So you do that, and then you handle this on Monday and Tuesday when you got to – don't forget that these guys have some downtime here. Uh, on Monday is mostly an off day. Tuesday they're back in for meetings, but they're not practicing until tomorrow. I think that that's why the timing is the way it was. And uh, either way, it's it's not a great situation it's not, not. Can, can I, uh, you got your fingers ready to, to count for me, Adam? I, I want to give you the, the rundown of the the receivers who have a higher annual average than Allen Robinson right now. If, okay. If I, if I can, okay? And, and just count maybe, like, wh- where would you move Allen Robinson up, up on this list, okay? So bear with me. This is all from uh, our friends at Over the Cap, all right? So number one, DeAndre Hopkins. Two, Julio Jones. Three, Keaton Allen. Four, Amari Cooper. Five, Michael Thomas. Six, A.J. Green. Seven, Tyreek Hill. Eight, Odell Beckham Jr. Nine, Mike Evans. Ten, Brandon Cooks. Eleven, Adam Thielen. Twelve, Jarvis Landry. Thirteen, Devontae Adams. And finally, at 14, right above Allen Robinson, this is Stephon Diggs now of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Uh, he needs to be way higher on that list than he is. Uh, you know, slotting him in a exact spot isn't... Those receivers don't come in order because a lot of it depends on when the contract's done, right? Um, Correct. Because DeAndre Hopkins just completely reset the market. Right. Over $27 million per year. So, you know, I think he's somewhere around five. You know, like maybe right at the top five... Or outside so you're the top talking, five. So right now you're talking about twenty million a year. Give me, give me those top six again. Hopkins, DeAndre okay. Hopkins. Okay, I'm gonna say obviously no. You're, you're not, my answer is you're not going higher than that guy. Okay, so Hopkins, no. Julio Jones, no. Keenan Allen, no. Amari Cooper. I'd rather have Allen Robinson than Amari Cooper right now, okay. based on Cooper's entire career. And then you get Michael Thomas at nineteen. No, points. Thomas. 
Thomas gets more than Robinson. Yes, so Thomas is actually behind Cooper, but that, again, that, that goes right. back to when the deals are done. So he's in that range. I, I, that's probably where the conversation's at. And actually, Keenan Allen might be closer. He's kind of a similar type impact player as Keenan Allen. I think that's fair. You know, the point is, I don't think he's number one. He should be paid the top wide receiver in the league. I think he's knocking on the door to the top five. Top four, top six, somewhere in there. That he's that good of a player, and as we talked about in this conversation, you got to consider. Boy, you want to compare him to some of those wide receivers too, in terms of what they're like off the field, in the locker room, the diva type thing. Um, that that's common with wide receivers. That's not Allen Robinson, and some might say, "Oh, well, the social media behavior falls into that category." I think it's totally the exception of the rule, and I don't have a problem with what he's doing either, because I think at this point, it's just negotiating that any player would do. Well, again, the the anti diva qualities would be his teammates putting out their own posts on social yeah. media, so in support of him getting that new deal. Absolutely. All right, uh, we're gonna bring Kevin Fishbane in here. First, we got to take our last time out. This is the athletic Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. All right, wrapping things up here on our midweek Hogan Johns. A lot of news, a lot of reactions still to the Bears' crazy victory over the Lions, and we got to bring in the fish man, Kevin Fishbane, Tuesdays with the Fish Dad. Do you have any dad advice for us, by the way? Dad advice for you guys? You can always learn. You already know what you're doing more than we do. Oh, that's a good question. Well, my son did one of those things where he woke up at, you know, 2.30 for a feeding in the morning and then mm. just decided to stay awake. I'm sure you guys dealt with that. Um, so I'll take advice from you guys. If What, what was the best, the best tip to get him back to sleep? Because I can tell you, uh, after about an hour of different strategies, he eventually just pooped himself and fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. So there's usually something he's got to work out. Yeah. At least that, that's what I remember. Um, e- even now, the, the older boys, there's something that s- causes them to stir and get up. But This is what you, you know, guys dad, wanted when you brought me on, right? Yes, exactly. This is the, the dad advice part of the podcast. Um, I, w- when I had that problem, I did learn that at 4 a.m., what was the channel? But three, the, the Three Stooges were on. 
at, at 4 a.m. And I watched them for an hour with my son trying to get him back to sleep. Wow. Um, I'm not the I'm not the right guy to ask on this. I paid my dues with a lot of other stuff that James was dealing with when he was young. That you uh, did, but but uh, the payoff was that because he was on a feeding tube, he literally got fed like in increments throughout the night with an automatic feeder, which helped the uh, not waking up in the middle of the night needing a bottle type thing. So we got off the hook with that one a little bit. He's always been a good sleeper. And so I can't really help, unfortunately, on that regard. I will say for you guys, um, something you didn't really get to experience because you're old is AirPods are great for having babies because ah. you just have the, you're you're walking around, you you know you're talking on the phone, you're FaceTiming relatives. Um, I'll, I'll what I do is I leave my AirPods in the nursery over you know overnight. So if he if he needs to you know just be calmed down, I'll take him to the nursery. AirPods are in. You know, I'll watch some Netflix or something, or listen to a pod. Listen, maybe I listen to Hogan John's podcast, and uh, yeah, that makes it, it makes it a lot easier. So there, there's my advice: if you're if you're a dad or a mom, and you're about you know having a ba- having a newborn, if you can, AirPods. Listen to the Hogan John's pod in the middle of the night while you're feeding the baby. I like it. There you go. I like it. Uh, all right. Thoughts on Allen Robinson? Have you been scrubbing your social media? Uh, I have not. Uh, I, I was thinking about uh, changing my header photo to just KF and some cool, mm-hmm. cool logo and make people wonder, what does it mean? Um, you know, I said to John Z this morning, Alan is he's a pretty calculated guy. Like this is not somebody who makes social media changes just to, you know, see how everyone reacts just for fun. I mean, there's there's obviously there's not a coincidence uh, what he's doing. I, I, I will say, and I wrote about this, shoot, I wrote about it in March because we thought in March this was going to get done. Yeah, I had the story ready. And then, you know, you, you wait, and then I wrote it again in August when we thought it was coming again. I just think this is such a no-brainer. And, and part of my salary cap guys don't like when I do this. I really ignore the salary cap when I consider these things because we all know the salary cap is real, but cash is always there. You could always find a way to make this work. And I just think that unless you were ready to go into 2021 with Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney as your top two wide receivers, and and look, what we saw in week one, throw Javon Wims in there, maybe you got a really cheap room of three up-and-coming ascending wideouts, great. But I don't think that spending money to keep Allen Robinson really hurts you in any way, prevents you from doing anything down the line. Uh, and it just it just makes your room better and guarantees you have a number one guy for the future. A lot of us remember Jordan Howard doing this, don't we? Like, um, but that just felt different, right? Like we knew Jordan Howard was kind of disgruntled. Like we, we knew he didn't maybe see himself having a a longer stay here. We we knew that the Bears were thinking about making changes there. That this just feels. To, to use your word, Adam, a little bit earlier, a bit more serious when Allen Robinson, your number one ride receiver, your your team leader, your, your team everything, does it, right? Especially compared to the Jordan Howard fiasco a couple years ago. We didn't see the extend JH hashtag. No. Or hashtag pay Forte. So for, is Forte, I was thinking about this, Hogue, is Forte the last bear that really created this kind of 
support and like almost unanimous support for an extension because pace has gotten these guys yeah. done so um you know in, in such a, a a trend a pattern that we there hasn't been a you know you haven't had to worry about that with eddie jackson cody whitehair eddie goldman not like those guys would you know drum up the kind of support that a wide receiver would but seeing how much how players and fans i was thinking back to forte after the rookie contract it was the last time we've seen this in chicago yeah, I think I, I think that that's a good comparison because I remember, you know, he Forte would rip off a forty-yard run or catch and run, and that was relatively early with Twitter. But Twitter was definitely a thing on game days at that point, and you get the hashtag Pay Forte. Like that was a that was a big thing. Um, and yeah, if you're right, I mean, that type of guy in the locker room, that type of fan favorite. Uh, where it was just sort of unanimous. Hey, you got to take care of this guy. And and actually, though, I would say that it's even more important to take care of this guy, Allen Robinson, because that was the running back position. Like you can find running backs. That's another difference with Jordan Howard. You know, you can draft David Montgomery in the third round and 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 be fine. Um, I, I look at some of these other teams. And you you just see the way the Chiefs. And I hate everything comes back to the Chiefs, right? But not only because they're so good, but because they're also that's where Matt Nagy came from. But they're just constantly loaded with playmakers. So, like we just had Dan Pompey on, and he's talking about oh, if Allen Robinson turns out to be a number one wideout, then maybe you can move on. From, I don't, I don't, I just don't agree with that. I think you got to keep loading up the playmakers for the quarterback. Uh, and this just seems like such a no-brainer. Can I jump in? Uh, real quick, I, I feel like the Bears, especially the way with Ryan Pace and how he operates, I believe he sees receiver as a position that can be reloaded or, or retooled rather quickly. Remember, he said this back in 2018 when he signed Allen Robinson, when he signed Taylor Gabriel, when he drafted Anthony Miller, and then he also signed Trey Burton. Like They did it. They, they operated with that mindset in 2018. I, I guess where this is different, it is your point, Adam, that you've already reloaded. Now load up the guy, right? Like, go load up his bank account. Like He's, he's 27. This yes. isn't a guy you need to replace. Exactly. He's in his exactly. prime. Exactly. So Yeah, we, we know how much guys in the locker room pay attention to contracts, too. Isn't this the type of extension that you're, like, proud to hand out as an organization for other guys in the locker room to say, hey, you work like the way that guy works. You produce the way that guy produces. You do everything on and off the field. You get rewarded. I mean, that that's the type of thing. And, and I wouldn't say that if Robinson wasn't a legitimate number one productive wide receiver. He is. You know, the thing, too, is if you don't resign him, you're, you're hoping Anthony Miller can be that guy for you, right? Because you're not going to go you're not going to go buy a number one receiver on the market. That would be, that would be silly. Cause then you're spending the money anyways. The only, the only thing I've thought about from a salary cap standpoint is this is if, if Ryan pace is convinced he needs cap space for two positions, left tackle and quarterback. Those are the only positions I can think of where you would need as much cap space as possible that that re-signing Allen Robinson really prevent you from doing something you want to do. And this is not a front office that values the tackle position in a way that they would spend on a left tackle in free agency. And the quarterback, I mean, the only way that comes into play is if you're giving Mitch the big deal 
or if everything implodes and you have to and you, you want to go, I don't know, sign Dak Prescott or something. Again, I know I'm, I'm talking, you know, crazy hyperbole um, here, but you, you, those are the only two positions I can think of that would say, hey, we want to save money for those positions. And that's why we're not going to use cap space on this guy. The quarterback conundrum still hangs over everything, doesn't that? Guys? It always it's comes just... back to quarterback. It does. It does, though. The guy who's throwing the ball to Allen Robinson. Um, Adam, you got anything else on, on Allen Robinson? I want to. No, ask we can we can move yeah. on. I mean, you guys both had stuff on on uh, you know the happenings at Hallis Hall yesterday. John's. I like the way you wrote up John D. Filippo's breakdowns of all of Mitch's throws. Can um, we hear from him every week? That was. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, this is like too good not to all use or something like that. Like this, great detail, great insight. And not giving away secrets, you know. It's it's it's, you know, you, you can do it. Uh, must have been nice for the in Minnesota and Jacksonville the last two years. He was the OC, so they'd get him every week. I'm jealous. We get him once a month. It's better than nothing, I guess. <laughs> there were a couple years ago that we get the quarterback coach three times a year. Kev, what did you think of the? Well, at least today, he had, we talked to Darnell Mooney, Cody Whitehair. The run game was good. Jalen Johnson, he did get trucked, but he, he had a great – I thought he had a great debut, um, at least with a day or two now to digest the craziness of the opener. Where do you sit on this team, especially hearing from three of the players today? I, I'm focused on that run game because – I think it because of what they had to do in the fourth quarter, it kind of gets lost. I mean, this was a completely different run game. You guys want some stats? You know, I got you know I got the numbers. Fun facts. You know, we don't I, call them you stats know, from you. It's, it's Fishbane fun facts. Fishbane fun yeah. facts. Here we go. So last season, David Montgomery averaged two and a half carries a game in twelve personnel, and only three yards a carry. Yesterday or Sunday, five carries for 34 yards with two tight ends. Hogue, I know your your colleague JJ Stankovitz touched on the 13 personnel. One carry the entire 2019 season. David Montgomery had one carry with three tight ends in the field. He had four on Sunday, I believe, for 17 yards. And here's one more for you. Montgomery had 42 yards after contact. That was 65.6% of his total. And I believe last year, somewhere around 40% of his total after contact. So, you know, some of that stuff, obviously, you talk about the tight ends. You talk about Montgomery himself being a better player. We saw him finishing, you know, lowering that shoulder. Now the O-line play well. And, and guys, I think we all saw under center worked for Mitch. It worked for the run game. The problem was, is Matt Nagy Lutzer, they got in these third and longs, couldn't convert them. John Z texted me during the game. It's like when they're in third and seven, third and eight, they look like last year's offense, right? That's what they looked like. But first and second down, they didn't. If, if they could stay out of those third and longs or figure out those third and longs, you really have a lot of flexibility with this offense now that they can finally run the ball, at least just based on the first game. I just threw a lot at you guys. No, you did, but it's, it, that's what was, it was kind of confusing because not what you just said, but what the Bears were doing Sunday because – if they were good on first and second down, why were they in so many third and longs? Like I, I and I still can't really put my finger on it. Anyway, I mean, I guess sometimes they'd have a nice six yard run, and then they'd have a bad pa- passing play on second down, and then put them in in a tough spot on third and down. Look, the bottom line is, I think we saw. I feel like we saw signs that the offense 
is coming together and that the stuff that the three of us were able to see in training camp that we weren't really able to report some of that stuff, Mitch being under center more, more play action, more heavier formations, uh, usage usage of the tight end. I mean, I it was killing me that we couldn't really break this stuff down in August, so I'm glad it's on tape now. I think this is stuff that's going to work. I think it's stuff that's good for Mitch. So why did Mitch still look bad for three quarters? I don't – I mean, that's that's the question. Is it, is it the first week and he's just getting those jitters out? It, he wasn't playing a great defense. I, I, I guess we just need more – more games to go off of here, really. I didn't think that Trubisky's, after rewatching the game, I didn't think his decision-making was bad like at all. Okay, other than the, the scramble fumble, like you can't do that. Like that, That's egregious. But the decisions were fine. You just need completions. The two yeah. grand plays right off, the, off his fingertips, Ted Ginn and the, and the dig route over the middle, like those should be completions. Like Demetrius Harris, corner route, open. Got to complete the ball. Those were good decisions. He just has to complete the passes. I wonder, too, and we can maybe ask Nagy about this this week, the whole idea of Detroit playing zone in the first half, how much of that, if, if that really was a problem for Trubisky, um, mm-hmm. how much of that is because it's such a D- Detroit-specific thing that they just did not think Detroit was going to do that, similar to Green Bay last year? Because that's probably the way they would spin it. But if this is just a thing that he just cannot perform well against zone defenses, that's a problem, right? Because every defensive coordinator you'd think is going to mix in more zone. Um, but that goes back to what John just said. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I, I I agree. I, th- I think his decision-making was good. You know, the zone may have... It limited big plays. Bit- they couldn't. They didn't have any big plays with because of the zone, probably. R- right, but I still think he was... I don't want to mischaracterize it as he was making bad decisions because all of a sudden he was seeing zone and he wasn't reading the field well. I think he was reading the field well. In fact, there was one play early on in the game where he it was clearly a shot play. He looked deep and he checked it down to Dave Montgomery, who was wide open underneath. You know, that's that's a good play of reading the defense. And Montgomery picked up. I don't have it in front of me. Ten, but it was, ten it was yards. A, it was a yeah, it was a first down. So I, I just think the accuracy was off. Honestly. I, I, I believe the the first long completion, the Darnell Mooney over the middle, that was zone coverage, yeah. right between two deep safe two deep safeties, right in yep. the middle. They they kind of converged on him at, at the end there, but he sat down in coverage. Now, um, you, you know, know why I, the play worked though? Play action speed, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, they they ran play action, but for the play action to work. You got to run the football. At that point, though, they already picked up 36 yards on six carries. Yes, I've uh, looked at this play, John Z, that you're referring to, and uh, and that's why the play action worked. Sucked that linebacker down, and so it was zone coverage. But Mooney got open with his speed. Maybe it was more because I guess Anthony Miller. Well, Trubisky brought up the zone too. Maybe it's just Anthony Miller hates zone defense. <laughs> you know, he brought it up too, and and he's obviously we know what he can do against man defense. Um, but yeah, you know, John's. You're right. If you go through some of those incomplete passes in the first half, it, it wasn't the wrong read. Um, I thought, you know, I know. I'm sure you guys talked about it. The play where Robinson was the first read and he was being held, and Mitch looked to his left and found Mooney, who you know eluded the defender. I thought that was a fantastic play um, to to not just key in on a Rob and make that throw. Uh, you know, and I, I think too, you know, we always talk guys how it's so much easier to correct mistakes after a win. For these guys, 
and, and you you know that the, the run game is going to keep getting better. You know that Cole Komet's going to start getting involved more. Jimmy Graham says he's going to work on his timing. I'm curious to see what they do with Ted Ginn. I mean, I would imagine at some point Mooney's going to supersede him for snaps, but you have that option. You know, there, there's there's so many more things that this that this offense can do and and get moving. And you know, look, they're playing a Giants defense that's not going to really intimidate anybody on Sunday. He played a lot, Ted Ginn. I was surprised the, how many how many snaps he got when I saw that on Monday morning because because you didn't really notice no, much. not at all other than that one incompletion over the middle that was nearly intercepted. Kev, what do you make of the defense? It's just I kind of broke down Danny Trevathan a little bit. You hope that that isn't a sign of bad things to come. That's just the rust that needs to be shaken off for, for his first game. But the defense, it, it does look um, a bit. I don't. I don't want to say alarming, but concerning, disconcerting for, for a little bit. Yeah, I thought the secondary was fine. That they were, you know. Kyle Fuller was, you know, agreed, finding coverage. Jalen Johnson, you mentioned Buster Screen at a big pass breakup. Um, Eddie Jackson converging and helping on that on that interception. Um, I'm really interested to see what hear what Chuck Pagano says and see what they do next. Saquon Barkley had six catches for 60 yards. I think if you see 59 covering Saquon Barkley on Sunday, that's a problem. I mean, either that's got to be Roquan Smith every time. Or a safety. We saw Deion Bush come on, but then I couldn't believe that they took Deion Bush then off the field late in the game. And Danger Vathan comes back on, and he's the one covering DeAndre Swift. I just wonder if this was a, they didn't see any signs of Trevathan looking the way he did on Sunday during camp, and they just weren't ready to make those kind of in game decisions. And, and I, I, so I'm curious to see how they adjust this week. Um, you know, if that's just who the guy is at this point in his career, you know, you'd hope not. You know, maybe he just needs to get in better conditioning. Uh, pass rush was obviously not there. Uh, the Bilal Nichols was fine, but it just wasn't creating enough impact plays. Uh, I, I'll say this. I thought the other outside linebackers were okay. I thought Barkevius Mingo somebody I noticed more than I thought I would. James Vodders had a huge play. What did you guys think of 52? Because... He did draw two holding penalties and probably could have drawn at least two more I can think of where it looked like he was being held. I, I, look, the guy's not getting paid to draw holding penalties, but I'm wondering where you guys where you guys are on, on Khalil Mack's uh, game. I, I, I felt like I was it was a normal Monday where Sunday I said on our postgame podcast, okay, I... You know, I know he had some pressures, but that's not what, like you just said, that's not what they're paying him for. They're paying him to sack the quarterback. He didn't get it done. And then Monday, I'm rewatching the game, and I keep writing down 52. Yeah. 52, in a good way. In green pen. 52. 52. Because he's still, he's still making an impact out there. He's still really good. But I think it's also fair at the same time to say that they got to find a way for him to get sacks. That's what they... They can't go. They can't have these games. the The defense was good in 2018 because it was sack after sack after sack, and they were getting like two or three takeaways a game, not one and one sack. Okay, it, it just it has to be better somehow. That's why Robert Quinn was signed. Yeah, I think Akeem Hicks is getting up to speed after his quad injury. Uh, I expect him to improve. I, I I was actually surprised he played so much as well. I was surprised that Mac was out there so much given his his knee injury. So it must not be that serious. But Robert Quinn was signed to help all of this. 
all of this. And we'll see if he returns against the Giants. All right, guys, we need to wrap up uh, to bring this, the conversation actually back to Robinson. You've seen some of this news coming out here as we're reco- reporting. Recording. There is some reporting. Uh, our our uh, colleague, Brad Biggs, is reporting that the social media activity is a result of him asking about a possible trade, requesting a trade. Um, should note that right before we started recording this, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network reported that he has not yet asked for a trade. So those two reports are conflicting at this time. Uh, I don't see the Bears trading him in any scenario right now, but just, I guess, more evidence that this is uh, not in a good place right now. It's come, it's come to a head. I think Biggs's phrasing is a possible trade. Um I guess that's different than wanting an, an absolute trade, just in terms of, of phrasing. But this is, it's hardball negotiating. Now playing out into to week two of your season, this this is not good if you're the Bears. I don't think it's good if you're Allen Robinson's camp right now. Again, like I said earlier, the man deserves to be paid. He's earned that contract. But where that number is, uh, remains to be seen. We don't know exactly what they want. Like, if he wants to be paid as the highest paid receiver, then no. I, I don't think you can do that. But if he wants to be in the top five, top six, $20 million a year, you got to consider it. Look, th- these guys know how to be creative with contracts. Joey Lane's done a pretty good job here. <laughs> you can create a contract that allows the agent to say, my guy's a top five wide receiver, paid wide receiver. And you know that the back end is you know loaded, and there's different ways to get out. We saw that with the running back contracts over the weekend. There's ways to 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 do something that that works for both sides. Hogue, I thought you were going to say that the breaking news was we know who our referee will be for week two. Oh, Bears Giants will have the venerable Bill Vinovich. Mm. He's probably one of the best. Yeah. Probably one of the best referees, right? Get excited! Yeah, Bill Vinovich. I don't have I don't have any beef with Bill. Nah, Bill's fine. Bill knows what he's doing. Yeah. No, I. Uh, but I guess, I guess the Al Robinson asking for a trade is somewhat more important than Bill Vinovich. Well, and just to be clear, it's the the phrasing is the divide between Robinson and the Bears runs deeper than that as a league source told the Tribune that Robinson has asked about a possible trade. How far apart the sides are in negotiations on a new contract is unknown, but it's highly unlikely Robinson would inquire about the possibility of being traded if there if they were anywhere near an agreement. Well I agree with that. Um if you're the Bears you don't you don't trade them until you know unless you're like out of it, right? At the at the de- was, if you're Robinson, I get it because you're hoping that they trade you to a team that's going to give you an extension right away with that trade. What did the uh, Raiders get for Amari Cooper? It was a first round pick, right? Yeah, it would be the market, and it was early in the season. That would probably be what you're talking about, right? Would you take it for Allen Robinson, or would you pay Allen Robinson? Uh, I would pay him first. Uh, but if this if this has gotten the only the only situation you would consider trading him is if this has gotten to the point where 
you don't think that you're going to come to an agreement and you're going to lose him uh, in the offseason. But to me, that doesn't make sense because you still have the franchise tag you can use on him. So, and the tag, we need to keep reminding people, is probably going to be lower than it normally is because of the salary cap this coming year. And and so that's a factor too here. I, I, this isn't a situation where you got a disgruntled receiver or a guy you can't keep on your team that you absolutely have to get rid of. Uh, Allen Robinson in his current state is better than the unknowns that you always have with any first-round pick. I guess there is a difference between asking about a trade and demanding a trade. But just to have that part of the conversation right now for negotiations, that's definitely um, a shift in stance. Like now maybe both sides are playing a bit of a a hard ball uh, with each other. I mean, you do have competing reports. I have a hard time envisioning Allen Robinson going into Ryan Pace's office asking for a trade. I'm sure it'd be done via the agent. I just, this just, I'm very surprised that this has gotten well, to this point. It'd be done via Zoom, asking that for too. a trade in the time of a pandemic. <sighs> All right. Well, more to come. I imagine. Hey, we needed the some. Bears. We needed some drama on the beat, right? You know? I wonder if uh, the Bears will make him available tomorrow. I mean, Matt Nagy will comment on this, but you know everybody and anybody's going to want to talk to Allen Robinson. That was even before this latest report. Hey, last year's Will media... Will Matt Nagy comment on this? Well, he should. This is the guy that kind of, like I said earlier, kind of uh, embodies your culture. Does he well, I, I Now agree, he wants out? Or now he's thought, considering out? I agree. It's also easy to say, though, this is the GM's department. Well, I'm sure Ryan Pace will make himself available this week. By the way, how surprised were you guys that Robert Quinn didn't play on Sunday after Matt Nagy said there's a possibility he plays? No. I was not surprised. I didn't, hadn't said anything snarky since I joined the podcast. So. I know. He just went back to back on those. <laughs> I do. Uh, it just wouldn't be fair to, you know, my image to just sit here and play it, play it straight the whole podcast. Yeah. No, that's, no, that's why you're here. Tuesdays with the fish, man. Uh, it's been fun. A lot of news in this podcast. Uh, good for midweek. I, maybe the secret to going one to know is not extending one of your best players before the <laughs> first game. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. So you trade off. You get the win, but now you deal with a contract dispute two days after the win. That's the trade off. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's winning that matters, right? Seems fair. Seems yeah. fair. <sighs> No. What do you think John Fox would say about this tomorrow? <laughs> uh, it's all a problem. He'd have technical difficulties over Zoom. Oh, John Fox on Zoom. That is something I had not pondered until this exact moment. And uh, Yes. Actually, that, that, that would be like a goldmine of uh, what oh does my the God. Fox say? Quote. You know, I'm not an office coordinator, I'm not a defense coordinator, I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. Goldmine. I kind of miss what does Fox say. We should bring it back maybe just one time. One he's time? Not, he's not at ESPN anymore, right? We, maybe for old time's sake, bye week, bye week sounds good. Sh- shockingly, I don't think that that went very well. <laughs> Actually, my feet are very ticklish. Should have talked about that. What was you know kind of unusual about Brian was he kind of played like a monster man in New Mexico. 
Oh. Takes on a new meaning now. Um, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, at K Fishbane. We'll keep you updated on this whole Allen Robinson saga there. You could read those guys at The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. If you're not subscribed for some weird reason, you should be. Go do it there. Get 40% off. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. I might need to go uh, end this podcast and write something about this now. Uh, and Otherwise, power rankings are up. You guys like power rankings? Can I interest you in some power rankings? Where does your power rankings rank amongst other power rankings? I no idea. Kevin liked Dude. that. He's laughing. He's trying not to be part of this podcast anymore, but he's laughing. I know. I don't know where Kevin went, but he's still there. <laughs> I just re- I just realized that uh, Stephen Goskowski was on my fantasy team. Uh, how, how'd that th- go? Thanks for paying attention, though. <laughs> not not so well. <laughs> We're trying to wrap up a podcast. Kevin's got his Stephen Goskowski. First of all, here's some free advice to end the podcast: get out, get kickers out of your league. Get kickers and defenses out of your league and add an offensive player position. You will enjoy fantasy football way more. That's a good way to end this podcast. Everybody have a good couple days. We will preview the New York Giants on Thursday. See ya. Mitchell Trubisky, baby!